I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So how are things going at the likes of Alpine? Things must be looking on the up and oh, both drivers won out already. Well, that's bad. So do you remember the fallout when Albert Fabrega was a little bit too cryptic with this tweet about something big happening? Where we all thought it was Fernando Alonso going to Red Bull? Something similar has happened again. Pedro Fermin stating that he had heard rumours that both Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon wanted out of their Alpine contracts and that they'd given their respective agents carte blanche to look for any team that may want them. That they supposedly want no more part of this titanic operation of Alpine. They imply that it's a sinking ship and they're like rats that want to escape. I don't think this really makes any sense, but who am I to talk? I'm just some kind of ladder guy. Well, with that squared away, let me tell you why I think this whole rumour thing, I don't think it's particularly realistic. 2024 hasn't even started yet, and surely there must be some hope for optimism. Surely at least one of them will stay. If you've been paying attention to my 2025 driver transfer predictions, you'll understand which driver I think will stay and which one will go. But if you want to get the answer from me right here, right now, without having to click off, then I will happily tell you. So why I think this rumour is complete bunk. If this rumour came out six months ago, in the aftermath of Otmar Safnau being sacked, as well as Alan Permain, I'd be a little bit more inclined to believe all of that stuff that Ocon and Gasly wanted out, because, in truth, that team looked completely in flux, he laid in hard to the organisation at the very top of the Alpine management cycle, deeming them as completely naive and unable to follow their own targets. I can see where he's coming from here, because Alpine were the butt of the joke of having a 100 race plan, a 5 year plan, a something something plan, a plan to clean their toenails, a plan to, I don't know, a ladder. And then Aston Martin did something even better and stuck to their plan. Their five-year plan seemingly working. He heard from some people that he was doing a great job. Some people weren't quite so sure. From his own point of view, he thought he was doing a pretty good job. Considering that when he came into power at the beginning of 2022, 
they laid out that 100 race plan. Sure, Aston Martin did have the measure of them, but they did get that podium in Monaco. You know, they got that thing with Esty Bestie, so that does translate into something. And then later on in the season, Pierre did get a couple of podiums, one in the sprint. So they did come away with some silverware Alpine at the end of this year. So that is something. That's not the sign of a really bad troubled team. In the wake of restructuring, which is something that Otmar was doing, not too shabby. But then we got to the situation with Laurent Rossi, who then in turn also got the sack and moved on to a different side of Alpine and the Renault group. The Alpine organisation thinking that Otmar was doing a good enough job in a fast enough amount of time, and therefore he got the sack because they ultimately thought that, no, you're taking too long. Probably brought on by the fact that McLaren suddenly surged way past them and then became the second fastest car for the longest time, and Alpine couldn't replicate that. Alpine probably wanted Otmar to do the same thing. When he couldn't do it, then, yeah, he got the boot because, you know, he's the leader. He's the scapegoat. Get rid of him. And then, as you've seen from many different things, oh, it's by default guaranteed to be good. But now that we know what happened next, I reckon there was a good reason why he was removed. Alpine and the Renault Group managed to secure outside investment from the likes of Maximum Effort, as well as many other sporting celebrities, who collectively offer 200 million euros of investment to buy into the team, a significant cut, I may add, and provide them the money necessary for them to buy all the tools and added infrastructure, so that means they could compete with the higher teams, refresh the Enston factory, and hopefully try and find a little bit more research and development to up the power that supposedly Renault lacks with their power unit and causes them to fall behind, and that's why nobody is actually giving them any money and asking them to be their power unit supplier. Ultimately, Otmar and Alan Permain ended up being the scapegoats because Alan Permain himself had been there for several decades, and to get rid of him would, in their minds, be a really good sign that they mean business with this overhaul, even though that a considerable amount of people either left the organisation or were sacked in the last couple of years. They've been going through a lot of senior management like crazy Alpine, and probably they want to make the most of the fact that they get a little bit more capex spending than the top three teams do, but not quite as much as the bottom four teams do. They're somewhere in the middle. And if Otmar is to be believed further, this will be necessary, because when he arrived, according to him, Alpine were operating below the cost cap, and considerably below the cost cap. Where have we heard that before, hmm? So behind the scenes, Alpine were operating like Haas perhaps, but how? Renault is a global company with a lot of money. How? How did this happen? He even said that there wasn't a dedicated aerodynamics division, and that by the time he had been given the boot, he had been busy welcoming in new people to the team and dividing them into dedicated units, including an aero department. And he also said nobody got fired under his watch. They were bringing in more people. They had plenty of new hires, about 70 to 80 extra people. And in the world of Formula One, that is quite a big deal. And clearly what it shows is that they did have the cash there. Maybe they didn't know what to do with the extra money, or maybe they weren't prepared to without a good enough reason that they were holding the purse strings and hoping to make do with efficiency gains again. Where have we heard that before? It just seems like a really good example of Otmar maximizing his credentials and his cred that he's managed to accrue over the last few years. Him being able to make good with what he did at Force India, them punching above their weight continuously, despite having a very, very minuscule budget in comparison to some other teams. At some points, Force India coming fourth place in the constructors with very little money. That, that was crazy how good they could be. They just wound up on the podium fairly regularly. And it didn't seem like he was particularly hated by the team. It seemed like he was fairly popular because, big thing here, nobody was fired. And firing people, that is a guaranteed way to make people not like you. It seemed like things were going really well. 
except for the fact that there was that ingrained division between the English and French departments that has been going on for several decades. And I will never forget the comment that Bruno Fami made in an interview saying that, come on, guys, this isn't the 100 Years War. And I was just like, whoa, Bruno, you really went there. And yes, I know what you're going to say. Otmar Safnauer is one of the main culprits as to why Alpine lost that guy. And ultimately, McLaren got probably one of the most interesting and fascinating rookies to have come out since the days of Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. Yeah, he was part of that orchestration and that complete farce. But to be fair, the main seeds were being sown before he arrived at Alpine. And by the time he fully got to grips with the organization, the main damage was done and Oscar Piastri was on his way to McLaren. But I think we could have done without Otmar's language regarding, oh, I thought he had more integrity and, oh, we feel so wronged. No, Alpine, you dropped the ball with your contracts. Just deal with it, okay? Just please do better with Jack Doohan, okay? But at least it's better than Renault just abandoning the team entirely. This is better at least than them handing over the keys wholesale and putting everyone at Enston and Vivi in jeopardy, and therefore just making them branding into Lotus as we saw in the early 2010s, and then Kimi Raikkonen single-handedly bankrupting them for him being too good. Clearly, he knew what he was doing. Alpine did need to change something, because in my opinion, Laurent Rossi was a terrible CEO. From my perspective, having a tyrannical boss that constantly berates you in front of the world media, coming up with ridiculous and very aggressive targets that there will be consequences if you don't perform, that's not going to get people motivated. That's going to get people scared. And sometimes when you're scared and you're frantic and you have to make a deadline, you make mistakes. And 2023, Alpine were probably the least reliable team on the grid because there was pressure to perform. And that clearly didn't work because Laurent got the boot. Thank goodness. Bruno, though, he seems to be, sure, not exactly attuned to the world of Formula One, him coming from the world of endurance with the Peugeot department, but he does seem a little bit more aware that team unification and working together in harmony is better than ruling with an iron fist. And hopefully this 200 million euros worth investment will actually provide some good reinvigoration of the Enston department, which was getting a little bit long in the tooth. All this money is going into tools and infrastructure necessary to be able to be competitive. That surely is a good thing, right? That you could have the things that you need to make cargo vroom vroom faster. That seems to be good. That things are looking on the up. They're optimistic. Things are evolving. So when I hear this rumor that both drivers want out right now, that is incredible. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
incredibly weird and why I don't think this really holds any water. Sure, I get it. They're no longer youngsters and they might be wanting to look at a place where they could get maybe a world championship or at least several victories. But you feel like they do hold the card still and they are in charge of their own destiny and they don't want to make any hasty decisions, with especially Pierre, who's no longer attached to Red Bull and can do what he wants. Speaking of Pierre, him skipping town after 2024 doesn't add up since he recently discussed that Alpine are capable of pulling a McLaren and coming up with a plan to get back to the top and become competitive again in a manner that sure will take time but it's something that he believes can be replicated. Now, immediately, that screams to me that, hey, I believe in you, folks. I'm going to make sure that I am here to help you get back to where you deserve to be, that you are competitive, that you're near the front runners, that you can get podiums and maybe a cheeky win. Let's get there together. We are seeing the team bonding exercises that we saw at AlphaTauri, which in turn got that very, very fortunate win at Monza, and it was paid dividends. The loyalty that Pierre had with that team, it was remarkable, and gave them their biggest run of success in the entire team's history going back to Minardi. They in Fianza love Pierre Gasly. And many people on the internet do as well. Now, I know you might be a little bit cynical that, oh, Pierre's only doing this as some kind of power play to undermine Esteban Ocon's integrity because they don't get along and they're not friends. Yeah, I understand that. But I think they're going to be a little bit more professional than that. But you definitely tell that this kind of language that we're hearing from Pierre is something that I'm pretty sure the team appreciate in this time of flux and evolution, that he's there with them, that they hope to do what McLaren did. And what McLaren did was remarkable. And a clear example for all the teams up and down the grid that piecemeal upgrades over a solid concept will work. You can't just bring one big upgrade and hope that it'll work. It has to be very, very bitty. It has to be very, very gradual and steady over a very solid concept. And it worked. Over the course of that season, McLaren became the second fastest car on the grid. And at Brazil, arguably the fastest car. But again, not the fastest combination. What's even more assuring is that he and Alpine, they're not expecting to be right at the top in 2024. They'd like to try and get fourth place back in the standings again, probably sensing that maybe Aston Martin could be sensitive and stall in their trajectory upwards, and they could perhaps make use of the work that Otmar had already stated in rejigging the departments. You know, so that means they actually have aero departments and they have more staff and therefore more ideas, more innovations and just a general sense of camaraderie. That does make sense because they are trying to rebuild. They are trying to find efficiency gains like McLaren did when they almost reached bankruptcy in 2020. They had to tool everything down and start over with new investments and careful restructuring to make things more efficient. So therefore you can get under the cost cap and run effectively. Now that Alpine can slowly build up to the cost cap with this extra investment, they could probably do the same thing. Invest in tools, technology, people, personnel, and just the general spirit that Pierre seems to be expertly weaving into the overall psyche of the team. I know what he's doing here, and this is really, really clever. So for him to get out of their lickety split, not only would that just make complete illogical sense, but it would completely cripple the team. They would be so, so sad that the guy they thought they had faith in them just left them like that, forsaken them. It's a clear sign that he's in there for the long haul, or at least a couple more seasons. He's prepared to wait, that he's prepared to see what they can do and see what the outcome is come 2026. And besides, what Alpine are doing right now is better than what he had in 2022 with AlphaTauri, and he's no longer having Helmut Marco breathing down his neck, reminding him that he will never drive a Red Bull again due to the fact that he burnt too many bridges when he was there. Now, when I look at Esteban Ocon, 
I don't necessarily see that. Now, I know what you're going to say that, oh, you're just saying that because you don't like him. Yes, I don't like his overall in-car characteristics. I find him to be too aggressive. But the things that I've heard from Esteban Ocon, when you compare them to Pierre Gasly, they don't seem as reassuring. According to David Croft, Ocon had told him that the 2024 Alpine was a little bit slow, and that sparked negative press from all corners of the internet, including the device of Eddie Jordan getting him worried that the two Alpine drivers were stuck and making the best of a bad situation. Then you get the person in charge of the Mercedes Junior program wading in with their own opinion, that Esteban Ocon, even though he's driving for Alpine, is still being managed by the likes of Mercedes. This tells me that maybe, in a pinch, he could be parachuted in to replace Lewis Hamilton in case he does a sudden retirement, or more realistically, he gets appointed for the fact that George Russell gets fed up of waiting around to be the leader of that team and maybe goes to a different team. So immediately, this is making me think that maybe the rumours about Esteban Ocon leaving, perhaps, and seeking other places of employment, that might make a little bit more sense, because all the stuff I'm hearing from Pierre is good in the favour of Alpine, whereas Esteban Ocon, it seems to be more about himself that he's going to go all out war mode and do whatever it takes to get results, trying to showcase to other teams that he's worthy of their employment. Mercedes are looking out for him as well. Of course they would. They're his managers. And that, hey, he's still part of our arrangement and we could find him employment elsewhere because after all, it was them and Toto himself who got Esteban his second chance of Formula One at Renault in the first place back in 2020. Esteban is part of the old ways that Renault and Alpine did things and that maybe there may no longer be any place for him and his rhetoric and his aggressive driving style because 2023, it wasn't a great year in terms of his cleanliness, what with all of those penalties, that little fracas in Brazil with Alonso and just his general demeanour just didn't really seem as professional as it should have been in the wake of Alpine completely flailing around. I feel like he's aware that the tide is turning toward Pierre, that the team are backing him, and that they value his opinion and his loyalty more, because Alpha Tauri, they greatly appreciated Pierre's loyalty to that team. Granted, this could be hearsay or misconstrued on Crofty's part, but if you boil it down, Pierre is being cautiously optimistic and complimentary of the team's efforts and potentials for 2024, whereas Ocon, he's bemoaning their situation, and him promising to be even more aggressive going into 24, and those comments from his management, mooting that, yeah, he's probably thinking about his own future and saving his own hide. Mercedes might deem that Alpine aren't treating him properly, and therefore they might seek employment elsewhere and do the hard work for him. He might end up being at Haas, for example. He might end up being in the Salba Audi investment plan. He might be one of their starting drivers. And if Audi turn out to be good, he's there on the ground floor as part of their overall plan. Ocon and Hulkenberg. Ocon is the favourite amongst many other punters out there that he could get that seat alongside Hulkenberg. That does fascinate me but I personally don't see that happening. Of course, this is all just pure conjecture off the back of a certain rumour from a very cryptic source, but I still wanted to talk about it. And I feel like both drivers leaving at this time in Alpine's reinvigoration and refresh just doesn't make any logical sense. Pierre isn't going to go elsewhere because I don't think he can. Because where is he going to go, really? Mercedes are sewn up, McLaren are sewed up, Ferrari maybe? Partnering up with one of his best friends, Charles Leclerc? Sure. In the world of social media and seeing those two together having a great time, their history together, their childhood, that they really, really like each other. It sounds like a really nice fairy tale story. But in reality, we got to remember who is in charge at Ferrari. Who are they backing? 
the golden boy, Charles Leclerc. Whoever is in that second seat of Ferrari is going to have to play second fiddle to him. And I don't think that Pierre Gasly is going to want to play second fiddle, especially all of the stuff that he had to deal with alongside Max Verstappen. And that's 2019 Max Verstappen. 2024 Max Verstappen? Oh boy, it'd be even worse. And Charles Leclerc could be just as ruthless if he has the car and reliability to back up his potential skills. Seeing Leclerc and Verstappen, when they are in good machinery that can go toe-to-toe, that's magical stuff. And that car is going to be geared toward him, not Pierre. Would Pierre really want to toe the line like that? No. Ferrari are going to pick a driver who will toe the line there. Pierre isn't that. He's going to stay at Alpine where he knows he will definitely be the team leader and that the team will be backing him. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.